Hello and welcome to the Bible Study Tutor podcast. My name is Jessica Hutton. I'm the founder of the Bible Study Tutor and host of the Bible Study Tutor podcast. We are continuing our study of the New Testament with the Gospel according to Mark chapter 12. Let's get into it. Mark 12 opens with the parable known as the parable of the tenants. In this story, the owner of a vineyard leases his vineyard to tenants while he goes abroad. When the owner sends servants to collect fruit, the tenants mistreat and even kill them. Finally, the owner sends his beloved son, whom the tenants also kill, thinking that they could claim his inheritance. This parable illustrates the relationship between God, who is symbolized by the vineyard owner, and the religious leaders of Israel, symbolized by the unfaithful tenants. The parable draws upon imagery and themes found in Isaiah 5, 1-7, where Israel is depicted as God's vineyard that produces wild grapes instead of the expected good fruit. Moreover, this parable continues the theme of judgment and the consequences of unfaithfulness that were introduced in Mark 11, verses 12-25. Just as the fig tree in Mark 11 symbolized Israel's spiritual barrenness and impending judgment, the parable of the tenants showcases the religious leaders' rejection of God's messengers and their impending judgment for rejecting the ultimate messenger, Jesus Christ. Additionally, it foretells the rejection and ultimate death of Jesus, God's beloved son, by those who were supposed to be steward of God's people, the religious leaders of Israel, which is evident in the next portion of this chapter. Now, following the parabolic discussion, Jesus encountered the Pharisees and Herodians who questioned him about paying taxes to Caesar, trying to force him into a position that would be unpopular either with the Roman authorities or the Jewish people. Jesus astutely responds, renders to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's, demonstrating the importance of both civic responsibility and spiritual allegiance. By responding, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's, Jesus skillfully navigated the trap. He acknowledged the authority of the Roman government in matters of taxation while emphasizing the higher loyalty that is owed to God. This response not only diffused the immediate threat, but it also conveyed a profound principle about the coexistence of civic responsibilities and religious duties. The Pharisees and Herodians marveled at his answers, found themselves unable to use this as an issue against Jesus. And then in the following encounter, the Sadducees, a group that did not believe in the resurrection, approached Jesus with what they believed was a tricky question. They were certain that they had come up with something that would finally throw Jesus off his game. And since they didn't believe in the resurrection, they had hoped to discredit Jesus by challenging him on a topic that they thought was absolutely absurd. The Sadducees' question was based on the law from Moses regarding leveret marriage. They created a scenario where a woman had been married to multiple brothers, all of whom died and left her childless and asked Jesus whose wife she would be in the resurrection. Jesus confronted their erroneous thoughts about the resurrection and how life would be in heaven and affirmed that God is the God of the living as the scriptures, the Torah they relied on, made clear. Frank Stagg observes, Jesus used a quotation from the Pentateuch or the Torah to answer the Sadducees, knowing their high regard for the Pentateuch. His quote from Exodus 3.6 was taken from the words of God speaking to Moses through the burning bush. 
This was centuries after the life and death of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yet for God to be the God of these three men centuries after they died implied that they were alive at the time God spoke to Moses. That is, they had been resurrected to new life. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living." End quote. After Jesus had successfully responded to the Sadducees' question, a lawyer inquired about which commandment was the greatest. Jesus gave a profound and straightforward answer, summarizing the essence of the law. He said that the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and Mark includes strength. He added that an equally important commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus emphasized that these two commandments are the foundation of the entire law and teachings of the prophets. And if you get these two things right, Jesus implied, you're essentially following all the rules and teachings of scripture. The scribe affirmed the accuracy of Jesus' statement, and in response, Jesus stated, You are not far from the kingdom of God. Turning his attention to the crowds, Jesus asked about the identity of Christ and whose son he is. Matthew reports that Jesus was talking to the Pharisees who answered that Christ is the son of David. And Mark's count, the crowd, or no one for that matter, provides a response. Alluding to Psalm 110, Jesus asked this thought-provoking question to challenge the common belief that the Messiah, as a descendant of David, would be inferior to him. Instead, Jesus suggests that the Messiah holds a superior status, indicating a divine authority beyond mere ancestry. By affirming the divine inspiration of the psalm and his own transcendent identity, Jesus prompts his audience to reconsider their understanding of the Messiah as more than just a human king, but as the exalted son of God with unmatched authority and power. This challenged the traditional views and emphasized Jesus' unique and divine nature, highlighting his role as the ultimate fulfillment of messianic expectations. He was not the son of David. He was the son of man. The chapter ends with Jesus warning against the hypocrisy of the scribes and affirming the humility of the widow. Jesus contrasts the ostentatious piety of the scribes who seek honor and recognition for their outward displays of religious devotion with the humble and sacrificial piety of the widow who gives out of her poverty. Through these examples, Jesus teaches his disciples about the true nature of discipleship and genuine piety which is characterized by selflessness, humility, and sincerity in service to God and others. And that is Mark 12. On Monday, we will continue our study of the Gospel according to Mark with chapter 13. And we are going to wrap up our study of Mark next week on Thursday. And then we will begin Luke 1 on Friday. So until then, take care. God bless.